Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. A Chinese proverb says, with time and patience, the mulberry leaf becomes a silk gown. Okay, but at our ages, do we have the time to be patient? Aren't we more inclined toward carpe diem, seize the day, since there are relatively fewer days left for us? We've all heard that patience is a virtue. But, you know, I have to ask why. Well, British physician Neil Burton, in his peer-reviewed Psychology Today article, The Lost Virtue of Patience, first goes to a linguistic explanation. Patience or forbearance comes from the Latin patientia, he writes, and there are several ways apparently to pronounce that. Patience, endurance, submission, and ultimately, like passivity and passion, from patere, which means to suffer. Burton continues, it can be defined as the quality of endurance or equanimity in the face of adversity. Patience is often thought of as a virtue, but it can also be understood as a complex of virtues, including self-control, humility, tolerance, generosity, and mercy, and is itself an important aspect of other virtues, such as hope, faith, and love. Patience is, and this is still um, Dr. Burton who's uh, writing, a paradigm for the ancient notion of the unity of the virtues. Hmm, that's kind of interesting. In Buddhism, he says, patience is named as one of the six perfections. The book of Proverbs in the Judeo-Christian tradition speaks very highly of patience, as in this translation, Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is attained along the path of righteousness. He who is slow to anger is better than a warrior, and he who controls his temper is greater than one who captures a city." So of course, and this is me speaking, they're talking about men and warriors and such, but Ecclesiastes teaches, quote, the patient in spirit is better than the proud of spirit, be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools." Unquote. So, Neil Burton goes on to say that we have lost the art of patience. Quote, for example, if I am impatient in the checkout line, this is largely because I am under the impression that my time is more valuable and my purpose more worthwhile than that of those standing in front of me about whom I know nothing at all. In a belief that I could be doing a better job at the till, he's British, so he means the cash register, I give dagger eyes to the cashier, failing to recognize that he or she is coming at it from a very different angle and the different skills and abilities. In the end, my frustration in itself becomes a source of frustration as I vacillate between biding my time in the queue, we would say line of course, changing queues, and even abandoning my shopping, unquote. Oh, how many of us have not been there? Certainly most of us probably have. I know I have. So he says patience is a form of compassion. 
quote, exercising patients can be compared to dieting or growing a garden. Yes, waiting is involved, but one also needs to have a plan in place and to work at that plan. And so when it comes to others, patience amounts not to mere restraint or toleration, but to an active, complicit engagement in their struggle and welfare. In that manner, patience is a form of compassion, which rather than disregarding and alienating people, turns them into friends and allies. The power of patience, Burton maintains, is that, quote, rather than making us hostage to fortune, patience frees us from frustration and its ills and affords us the calm and perspective to think, say, and do the right thing in the right way at the right time while still being able to enjoy all the other things that are good in life. Faced with a long checkout line, abandoning my shopping might be the right or rational thing to do, but even then, I can do so without losing my cool and making a bad situation much worse. So those are some of British um, PhD. Uh, Neil Burton's uh, take on patients. In another peer-reviewed Psychology Today article, excuse me, this one from 2014, Jim Stone, also a PhD, talks about impatience as an adaptive syndrome which requires answering three questions. One, in what conditions does it arise? Two, what triggers it? Three, what actions does it motivate? This is impatience. Well, he goes through a variety of scenarios, including that dang grocery line, a uh, grocery store line, and refinements of uh, those scenarios. And then he concludes that impatience as an adaptive syndrome is, we suffer impatience when, one, we have a goal, two, we have accepted certain costs, including opportunity costs for reaching the goal. Three, we learn that it's going to cost us more than we thought to reach the goal. And four, we start looking for ways to avoid having to pay those extra costs. And then Stone looks at when impatience is good and when it's bad. His assessment is that impatience is good when it motivates us to learn the full costs of reaching our goal. It motivates us to find ways to reduce the costs of working toward our goal. It motivates us to switch to a better goal, which is sometimes a good thing. It motivates us to understand our options better. And there is a deadline and our current plan is going to take too long. So that's when impatience is in uh, uh, Jim Stone, Dr. Jim Stone's opinion, a good thing. Now he says impatience is bad when our original goal is worth sticking to and we switch goals instead, such as I really do need this item from the grocery store. Do I want to leave enough <laughs> or do I want to just be patient and wait it out? He goes on to say that impatience is bad when we stick to our original goal, but our constant search for alternatives distracts us from our work. 
and it's bad when we become impatient too often and our lives are filled with a lot of unnecessary agitation, second-guessing, and indeed bad decisions. Impatience can serve us well, Stone points out, but, he says, it can also cost us dearly. Quote, it could be that in some environments full of chaos, full of change, where long-term planning doesn't pay off very well, those who are impatient will do better than those who are patient. And in some environments where there's widespread stability, when long-term planning pays off, then those who are patient will do better than those who are impatient. And it might be that those who fall somewhere in between will do reasonably well in both environments. Balance, of course. All right, so, so much uh, for that commentary. But how about as we get older? Are we more patient because we've learned don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff? Or are we in a hurry because time is short and we don't know how much of it we have left, so do it now. Get it done now. Well, there was an international study, and it was written up in the January 2022 issue of the Journal of Economic Behavior and Organization. And the researchers uh, in this study found that patience decreases with age for the poor, but not for the rich. They did an international comparison, and this will probably not come as any surprise to you, that uh, the more assets you have, the easier it is to be patient. The article says, patience or the willingness to defer current consumption in exchange for greater future consumption may be one of the most important ways individuals and societies vary. At the individual level, patience in childhood plays a crucial role in the development of successful and well-functioning. At the societal level, patience underpins vital pathways to growth and development. For instance, the willingness to invest in long-term projects with larger overall rewards is one driver of the adoption of new technologies and hence the development and growth of economies. So these researchers developed their own measure of patience, which they call the preference for earlier versus later income, <laughs> PELI for short. The acronym is P-E-L-I. Respondents chose between receiving an amount equal to their normal monthly income today or twice that amount in one year. Those who chose to wait scored one on the Pele, and those who chose the immediate amount scored zero. This was not a small sampling, the typical sampling being about 1,000. This survey was taken by more than 50,000 people from 65 countries. And of course, it reminded me of the, uh, the payouts when you play, you know, lotto or, or, or something, you know, one of those contests. Do you want all the money now, but we'll take out the taxes or do you want less taxes and we'll spread it out over several years? So the researchers in this project, uh, in this study said that their primary focus is on how patience was related to age and wealth. Quote, we find that patience shows a clear relationship with age, income, and crucially, also with their interaction, that is the interaction between age and income. 
At a young age, people of all income groups show roughly the same degree of patience, but this changes as they get older. Older people are considerably more patient the higher their income. People with a lower income are considerably more patient if they are young rather than old. From this we, this is the researchers speaking in their, writing in their report, we conclude that age is associated with constant patience in the rich and decreasing patience in the poor. They also found that women are more patient than men, atheists are more patient than Protestants, and uh, the Protestants are more patient than other religious groups. I don't know why it was Protestants versus you know, Catholics or Episcopals, but anyway, this is what the researchers say. And they go on to say that greater economic optimism, more education, and more positive attitudes toward vaccines are also associated with greater patience. Employed people, students and housewives, are more patient than unemployed, and retired or disabled uh, uh, individuals. So I, thought, I personally thought this was an interesting study because I am not particularly known for my patients. I'll tell you a story about that later. But um, I, uh, and I am a woman, and um, you know I have some of the the characteristics of people who should be, at least according to this study, more patient. You know, I'm still not convinced that patience is a virtue. Um, how can you have any kind of societal change if you're just patient? Don Stevenson is a retired minister and adjunct college instructor in philosophy, world religion, and ethics. Uh, he's based in Maryland, and he recently wrote in a newspaper column, quote, I know that change is important, necessary, and often deserves an appropriate welcoming, but equally, I know there are some foundational truths that must not become a victim of change. When power, possession, and popularity become dominating drives in the way of the world, then virtues like civility, reason, truth, and patience go unused. Wisdom knows that when ships need harboring, it is often because of changing weather that requires an adjustment of the sails before the voyage continues. Ralph Waldo Emerson once pondered, how much of human life is lost in waiting? Well, this writer says, Waldo, may I ask you how much of life is lost when we do not wait? Patience is a virtue not to cast aside, but to be used. And only the wise know the length patience requires. It was Auguste Rodin, the sculptor of The Thinker, who said that patience is a form of action, unquote. Well, sometimes. But sometimes, have patience means don't rock the boat, don't go against the tide, don't go against the powers that be, and this can have devastating consequences, especially culturally. The Impatient is the title of the third novel and first in English by Cameroonian novelist and feminist activist Jaili Amadou Amal. It's recently been translated from French to English. Amal's forbearance, or monial, 
if I'm pronouncing it correctly, M-U-N-Y-A-L in transliteration spelling. And that's in her native Fulani language. Well, patience almost drove her to suicide. The word patience is far too mild to define what her culture required her to do, which is self-control to the point of self-sacrifice. In her culture, she told Deutsche Welle, a German media company, quote, women are expected to be submissive. You should submit without complaint. Her book is about three women who from an early age were raised to submit to men or risk shame and repudiation of themselves and their families. According to the publisher's notes on the book, The Impatient, and these were on Amazon, quote, they are told that their fates are the will of the all-powerful and that it is unthinkable or rather impossible to defy tradition. They are reminded of the Fulani proverb that holds, at the end of patience, there is the sky. Inspired by the author's own experiences and written with grace, strength, and veracity, these are on the publisher's words, the book is on my uh, list to read, The Impatient depicts the psychic damage traditions have on the women who must abide by them and denounces violence against all women and the normalization of domestic abuse, not only in Cameroon, but around the globe. Well, I haven't been victimized to that extent by culture requirements to be patient, but I've certainly experienced the cultural differences involved in patience. I was on a work assignment in Ethiopia and my husband uh, was for a, a few months and my husband sent me two care packages. I received the notice that they had arrived and I asked my driver, he was a taxi driver whom I used all the time, and I asked him if he knew where the location was and he said yes, it was the main post office. So he took me there and when we arrived I showed the papers to somebody and I was told to go wait in an office for the big man. Well, so Taklu, who's uh, my driver, and I went into this office and we sat there and there was another man working in there and we waited and I then spoke up and I said, uh, where is the big man, <laughs> which is the term that's used for the boss or the head of a department or, or what have you. And I was told, well, he'll be back uh, uh, soon. Well, soon in this cultural context could mean anything from 10 minutes to uh, a week to I don't know. So we waited a while longer and we waited and I was becoming impatient. And I finally said to Taklu, okay, I am finished being African. Uh, we're going to do this the Western way. Let's go. And he said, but Miss Paulette, we have to wait. And I said, we have to be patient. And I said, no, no, we're going to try this another way. So I said, you know, just follow me, and I stood up, and I went out, and I sort of flashed the papers to somebody uh, at a desk, and I said, where can I find these boxes? And they said, oh, well, it's probably across the way at another, there was an annex. And Taklu said, oh, I know where that is. So we went over there, and I showed the papers to a woman, and she said, oh, okay. And she went to a closet, and she pulled out a box, and I recognized my husband's handwriting. And then I said, well, there are two boxes. What about this one? She took that piece of paper, gave it to a young man, and uh, he uh, proceeded to go somewhere else, came back in with, indeed, my second box. And I turned to Taklu 
chocolate when they said, you see, sometimes it doesn't pay to be patient. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening and for sharing. As usual, I will put the resources on the Woman Worthy Facebook page and have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.